The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And that is it. Three hours and 17 minutes later, we've made it all the way through the Monday. Troy and Joe, line. over to you. <laughs> <laughs> Kick off in 10 minutes. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. What's up, everybody? It's Chris Sims unbuttoned. It's episode 432. The great Ahmed wow. Farid is here today. He is donning either Michigan colors or Notre Dame colors. Nobody can sport colored pants <laughs> quite the way Ahmed Farid can. Wearing gold, yeah. e, maybe mustard yellow. I don't know. Who do you prefer in that matchup, Notre Dame or Michigan? Michigan. You're a Michigan guy. Okay, I just wanted oh, to make for sure. sure. That's yeah. unfortunate. Their coach is Jim Harbaugh. It stinks. He's a horrible If he wasn't being. their coach, though, you would, <laughs> I would love him, too. You would love him. <laughs> I do. It's good to see Michigan in the, in the, team in the final four here. Oh, and so uh, It will be good. Fo- college football is good when Michigan's good. It's, I'm so excited. Hey, congratulations to you. Hey, thanks a lot. Uh, for Aaron, Aaron Judge. <laughs> hey, woo! Yeah, thank you very much. See, you know where my heart is. Well done. That was big. That was big news for me. That took some pressure off. I was really like, man, if we lose Aaron Judge, I don't know what I'm going to do for a year. Like, I'm going to be mad at the Yankees for a yeah, year. Yeah, they didn't have much. They don't have much offensively right. outside. I know Stanton's there. But yeah, but he he's had injury issues, yeah. right? So, yeah, that was big. That was big. Uh, yeah, we've had some some interesting few days of, of news and things that have gone on throughout the NFL. My San Francisco Giants timeline is apple. Is that who you right wanted now. to get them? So you're, I think it would have been cool. They could yeah. use a big name like that. Yeah, they, well, they could. Had, they definitely can. They had Bumgarner gone, Posey right. gone. Yeah, it's kind of but. funny. You guys are like good team, or I just like I don't necessarily know many players out there. Yeah, and why are you a fan are. of them? Just because you worked there? I mean, you didn't you didn't adopt the 49ers. You didn't adopt the Warriors. A little bit. I, the little, Warriors a little bit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so only the ones that win championships. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So a lot going on in the world of sports. Yes. But a lot going on in the NFL. Oh. We have more breaking news. Yep. We'll do the we'll do the noise again. The Buffalo Bills is some news you're probably already familiar with that. Uh, but this is WTF happened Wednesday. Right. What the F happened. Treasure Hunters. This is where we lock Chris in a room. We make him look at film for hours on end. Yep. And so he comes mean. back. He comes back Work with abuse. new insights about some of these games. So uh, we'll talk about those. We took a closer look at Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Tua, and that game with the uh, 49ers, Brock Purdy. What do yeah. you think of him? Some real good stuff to, to talk on that are going to you know, help fill in maybe some blanks of the big pictures yes. in the NFL here. Uh, we got the big butt of the week awards. We have the first ever sour rankings. You know, oh. You've heard of power rankings yeah. before. This is sour. But what about the fan bases who are feeling sour right mm. now? We got the top 
contend for that for the first time. So uh, a requiem for a team, too. We, we put to rest one more team that I'm very excited to put to rest. Oh, I bet you are, Mr. Mr. Uh, Undertaker there. Everyone knows I hate the Chicago Bears. You like to dig a deep deeper hole for the Bears than you do the rest of the league. We're going 16 feet under <laughs> for the How Chicago Bears. How dare he do, does this, Chicago? I, trust me, I'm going to stick up for you here. So we'll get to all of that, but we start with our Treasure Hunters edition with the big play Bengals in the Kansas City Chiefs. So you dug deeper into this one. Took at the uh, took a look at the two offenses here. Let's start with the Cincinnati Bengals offense first here, Chris, and we'll yeah. start with what I like to call two stats and a lie. Because as you often tell me, stats lie. Yes. Right? You can't just take them for what they are. Can't always do value. it. You can't do it. No. So I've got I've got three stats here. One of them is a lie. Yeah. And I want you to tell me which one. Okay. Is a lie. This is always pressure right here. First one, Joe Burrow has been sacked at the highest rate in the NFL. Second one, Joe Burrow is top three in passing yards. Third one, Joe Burrow is top three in touchdown passes. Which two are the truth? Which one is the lie? Wow. Okay. All right. I, I, all right. So let me just figure this out. The third one was he's top three for touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. I believe that's true. The second one is, what was the second one? Top three in passing yards. Ooh, shit. And the other one is has been sacked at the highest rate in the NFL. Mm. Um, I think the first one's a lie. You are absolutely correct. Yeah, then Joe Burrow ain't getting sacked. He's too fucking good. That's it's 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 he's he's took it into his own hands, and it, this is where he's amazing, Ahmed. He literally like for weeks with no protection was like getting it out quick, dishing it here and there, and then after the game going, protection was great. My offensive line's the best in football. I do, there's not a better offensive line in football. <laughs> and he, they, they, he just weathered the storm. And here they are, and that's why he's an awesome leader. So you're right. He has been sacked, though. Yes. He has been sacked yes. 34 times. That is fifth most in the NFL. But they also throw the ball quite a bit. They do. And so his rate is actually 17th in the NFL right now. Justin Fields' rate is like 13% of dropbacks. He is right. sacked. Daniel Jones is second. Then you got Russ, Carson Wentz, Stafford, Tannehill, Mariota, Mac Jones, Baker, Davis Mills. You got a lot of quarterbacks. A lot of quarterbacks. Until you get to Joe Burrow. Well, there. yeah. And then, and then to me, this is one where the, the credit goes – to the quarterback here. It really does. You know, they fixed a lot of these issues, and the O-line's been really good the last two, three weeks. But, man, before that, yes, like I was saying, it was him, you know, avoiding pressure, getting the ball out at such a quick rate that the pressure couldn't get there even when guys were getting beat. Um, but, you know, that that's why this is this is a special, special player we're right, talking about So here. we'll get to Joe Burrow, but let's just start there because yeah. you mentioned it, the offensive line. Right. They, they have been better. Noticeably, right. you took a look at the film. They yeah. are noticeably better. Noticeably better. I mean, and we're seeing here, you know, a little semblance of a run game once again. You know, that's the positive thing. The pass for, I mean, and, and legit moved Kansas City off the ball on some runs. It's not just like tricks or, you know, sometimes we get end, end of the game and you go, well, the team rushed for some good stats. And then you're like, oh, well, it was a scramble and a reverse. And that led to the rushing stats, right? No, traditional run game was real. You know, you could see it. They're firing off the ball. The pass protection is mind-blowing. And off of that, the transformation Lyle Collins has made from earlier in the year, because I, at one point in the year, is going, it, it, it's over. Like, he, he can't play anymore. I don't know. It, it's like he doesn't even know what to do. Now he's a, a force, you know, and across the board has gotten much better. And the guy we're going to single out, I want to single out why we're in this conversation, this is why you're leading me down this road here, is the right guard. The right guard, first off, Alex Kappa, the free agent signing from Tampa Bay, he was noticeable in this game because 
he's one of the only people I've seen that was not overwhelmed or totally outmatched by Chris Jones man-to-man. It's the least I've talked about or written about Chris Jones in a game playing where we watched the Chiefs on film the whole year. So credit to the whole interior part of the offensive line. But Kappa especially has a rare combination of being big and powerful enough to handle Chris Jones. And Chris Jones, usually when guys are big and powerful enough to handle him, then they don't have enough quickness to handle his speed. That's where he's a special player. But Kappa, just enough athleticism to hang in in that department too. And, yeah, he deserves a a shout-out in this one. Chris Jones only had five tackles in the game, no sacks, no quarterback hits. But if you go over there at Pro Football Focus, they did give him the second-highest grade, mainly because of his run defense, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, he's never – like bad, you know. This is this is when we're talking Chris Jones. We're kind of just talking about wait, did he totally fuck the game up, or <laughs> did he just have a good game? And this was just a good game, uh, and then that's where he is amazing. We're used to seeing him, and especially Kansas City on the defense, make those four or five plays every game. Where yeah, they let up some points and some yards, but you can just count on him making a play somewhere, whether that's a batted pass in the air and it gets intercepted or a strip sack or him stripping somebody, a runner going through the hole, and none of that happened in this football game. All right, so let's go to Joe Burrow now, the quarterback leading the charge here, and it was on Football Night in America. I heard you for the first time. You said, Joe Burrow's got to be in the MVP talk. Yes. And then you said it, and guess what? Now I'm starting to read every- You're seeing everywhere a little bit. Joe Burrow, he should be there. Well, and I just mentioned the two stats that were truthful. He's second in passing touchdowns to Mahomes. Yes. He is second in passing yards, and you wrote in your notes after taking a closer look at the film yeah. that he is officially on the level of Mahomes and Allen. Yes, and you know I don't take that lightly, but it's official after the last three, four weeks of football. I mean, again, he was playing good before that, but we've gotten to another level of, uh, you know, for lack of a better, cheat code. It's, it's cheat code. It's almost nothing you can do to really stop him anymore. You might contain him. You win a few battles here and there. But it's just the he has an answer for everything. His physical gifts have an answer for everything. He's a little different from Mahomes and Allen where he doesn't do it maybe as much with the natural ability at times. But his natural feel for the game and his instincts are every bit up there with it. And then he plays it more from a traditional standpoint. But there's just no weakness to his game. And then it's just... No defense can really confuse him. You can't fluster him with the pass rush. You know He can escape the pass rush and run. He can move in the pocket and run. He can make wow-level throws. He can make great touch, precision, accuracy throws. It's everything there. And, yes, for me, that, that he is officially on their level. So did the Kansas City Chiefs do enough to try to confuse Joe Burrow? That's the big question, right? And I think that's the thing where – you know, going forward, if they play again, they gotta they gotta change their approach a little bit. I think that's official. The Chiefs do. The Chiefs do on the defensive side of the ball. Now, Kansas City matches up well with them. We always talk about that. Every team has their kryptonite. This might be Kansas City's kryptonite. This football team right here, for for a lot of different reasons. And you know, Kansas City traditionally they like to be aggressive and play man to man and maybe blitz a guy or not blitz, but play the extra guy in the middle for crossers, but in your face. And we're going to make you separate or throw the ball into a tight window, right? Joe Burrow, as we talk about every week, loves that, right? 
He's, we're always like, he's, all he does is you're one-on-one. <gasps> okay, here comes Jamar Chase or T. Higgins, right? He's always looking for that. So that's bad for Kansas City. He has no problem throwing the ball into tight windows to covered receivers that way, right? Then you get into Kansas City is an amazing disguise team, and but for the most part, they have all these crazy ways of disguising. Oh, you think, oh, it might be man, it might be blitz, it might be man. Oh, boom, they get out. It's, it's covered too. It's Tampa too. Oh, whoa, that's a cool way to get to cover two. But at the end of the day, it always ends up in some sort of cover two. And to me, that is where it's just not enough for a guy like Burrow. It's like if you did that to Allen or Mahomes, the same thing. It's just not enough. You can't just think, oh, wait, we, 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 you're not sure what we are at the snap, but as soon as you snap it, okay, we got to it. And gosh, it's one of those two or three things we call every play, right? That's what I'm trying to say. So they got comfortable with it. And so it became a game of, wait, is it blitz? You know, is it man blitz or just regular man? And then, oh, it's some crazy disguise, and it goes to Tampa 2 most of the times or some version of 2. And my point with that, too, is, one, yeah, it's not enough to trick Joe Burrow. Two, for the most part, with cover 2 defenses, you know, anything with a 2-deep safety, right, there's a – even the variations, one's a Tampa two, one's a two-man, one's a, a cover two where the middle linebacker doesn't drop down the middle like Tampa two, there's still about 15 plays, 20 plays that work for all those coverages. Even though there's a little nuance in the difference of cover two, you're not going to be wrong if you call this list of plays that I'd, I'd love to tell everybody about one day, right? And that's where they got to. So, wait, if it's blitz or man, I'll find my one-on-one matchup, but We'll call something for one of their versions of cover two, and just about all versions of cover two, one of these guys is going to be open over here. And that, to me, was definitely something that jumped out about the football game a little bit. They're going to mean a little more variation of things the next time around. Can they do that? I think they can. Yes, they can. And I've seen Spags bring out coverages – that you know, like we've talked about with McDermott, or you know, even when we talk about Lou and Aruma on the Bengals here, where I'd, you know, when he was with the Giants back in the day, where I'd go, I don't know what fucking coverage this is, but they're all over people, and it's just right. You know, I think they have a younger team. You know, they're talented. I don't think they wanted or had to take some of those chances. Maybe not in that part of the playbook with some of these young corners and guys like that. But I think if they want to beat Mahomes or Josh, I mean, Burrow or Josh Allen in the playoffs, I think it's something they're going to kind of have to slowly infuse in their defense here. One more point about the Bengals yeah. offense here, and you've been critical in the past about uh, the, the simple route tree, right. some of the receivers there, right. and maybe the, the movement, not as much of it pre-snap. Yeah. Uh, you, you've said you've seen a little bit more of it here in the past, more, past few weeks, and you did see a little bit more in the red zone and on third downs, correct? Yeah. In this I, game? Yeah, d- definitely. I, you know, I mean, third down, red zone, both sides of the ball, they're special that way, right? And yeah, they get down there and they find little creative ways to, you know, find ways to get their guys the balls in big in big moments. And they definitely, compared to the first three or four weeks, have a more variety of formations. There is pre-snap movement. I still would love to see more, right? But it's still it's still a point now where at least it's uh it's a it's a appeasing me. Is that what I want to say? Appease You've been appeased. I've been yeah. appeased, right? You were angry. Yeah. You were yelling so at me. So where them. I know I don't go, oh, this is so annoying. This is so oh, they're in that formation. Oh, they're in that formation. Yeah. Oh, it's, so it's that, only a that's little where it has improved. Right. It's a little annoying. Now the Chiefs, for that matter, they had some moments in this game where they didn't play in that formula. You know, early on, 
they played on defense when the the Bengals went down the score the first two drives. They kind of tried to play the disguise, cover two, we won't give up the big play, do any of that, and he just picks you apart. You know, their offense is good, like I've said. It's got all the good base core plays. I wish there was more wow, but between that, them being able to run the ball, Kansas City was dying a slow death. And then we got into late in the second, or after those two touchdown drives, and I think Spagnuolo was like, all right, fuck, I, we're gonna just, he's just going to pick us apart. We've got to take some calculated risk, play some man here, do some of that, take a chance on third down to what you're saying where, you know, they, they stop the Bengals on one of the field goal drives, they play man-to-man, no safety in the middle of the field, and they doubled Kelsey. Uh, or no, I'm, I'm thinking the other way around here. Wait, 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 what was it? Yeah, they, they did some of that. They did – I got them flipped here because you, there's intricate were- things. They – Spagnuolo and the Chiefs did yeah. some things where, hey, let's double Chase or Higgins here on a third down from the 18. Right. But I, I think there's got to be more of that infused, not against all teams, but just if they play the Bengals again, they got to they gotta flirt with that stuff a little more. All right, so that's a little bit of look there. I, I think – Maybe one of the more surprising things is that the Bengals defensively have figured out ways to kind of slow down, and you kind of touched on yeah, it right there right. a little bit. Yeah. Um, because I don't think people think about the Cincinnati Bengals like, oh, that's a dominant defense. Although you think they're better than people give them credit for. A hundred percent. I've been saying that since last year. You know, it's, it's one of the things I said. It's one of the things I said during the mid part of the year where I was going, man, watch out for the Bengals because I don't see a real weakness with their their team and their defense is is legit and it it's it's official. It's it's beyond legit. The way it's played the last five, four or five weeks, it's it's in that conversation for a top five defense in football. Wow. Yeah, it is. There's no weakness to it. You know, there's no weakness to it talent wise, like we just talked about on Monday. And then when you add Lou and Arumo and what he does, you know, schematically, it's a double whammy. So you go, Oh, talent plus, you know, creativity and, and thoughtfulness and detail, that leads to, yeah, Mahomes being sixteen for twenty seven. For 223, right? When do we see that stat line from Patrick Mahomes? That when, exact stat line? Well, Maybe yeah. the first time ever. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Just yeah. That view of completions, you know, again, no, I know he made some yards there with that, but that, that's a rare stat line to see from the Chiefs and, and that crew there. All right, so you noted a few things here. You said early on it was basically a different coverage in every play. So that would be opposite of what you were seeing from the Chiefs. Exactly right. Because I think, you know, I think – I'm, you know, one. I think they're one of the teams that realized this last year, and 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 I think are one of the teams that, you know, showed a little bit of a another part of a blueprint in the AFC Championship game. But just like we've talked about with the Mahomes Allen matchup or whatever, yeah, it's the same thing because I think that it's gotten to a point with Mahomes where. You know, I, I know we've hit on this. You just can't go, we're going to take away the big play. The, the, he will pick you apart. That's over. That's all over. And then, of course, you don't want to play too aggressive because you know you're going to get torched. But it's just, it was, the things that jumped out to me were, you know, third and long or third and five plus was a three-man three man rush with some coverage behind it. And then it was third and five or less. And they went, mm, we're going to blitz and bring the house and make him throw a ball. And we got pretty good corners and we feel good about it and we'll take our chance. Now, they got beat by the two deep throws down the field to Marquez Valdez Scanling. But again, there's a number of other plays where they won. So you got to, you know, take, take it where you can get it. But th- that to me is the biggest thing. It was just, it's just, it, it, 
the amount, the variety. We talked about the Chiefs where it's basically like three things the whole game. The, the Bengals, it's impossible to know what they're going to play. And then let alone, you know, they change it up as far as I don't know exactly what version of cover three they're playing here. Or, and then, you know, there's combination coverages, Ahmed, where one side they'll, they'll be playing cover two. The other side they'll be playing cover zero man-to-man with no safety help. And they've used that extra safety to help out somewhere else. So as a play caller and as an ex-quarterback, I looked at and go, yeah, it, that's hard to think. You know, you, you usually come off the sideline and talk to your co- quarterbacks and your QB coach and, hey, they're playing us this way and blah, blah, blah. we got to start getting to these plays. And, hey, maybe right. we should package this play with this play. And I don't know how the fuck you do that against the Bengals because you just, you just go – I don't, we saw three different defenses the last drive, and the drive before that were three different defenses, and that's where they're really tough on Kansas City. So we have some some numbers here on Patrick Mahomes targeting his receivers 10 or more yards downfield by half versus the Bengals. Let's take a look at those, those numbers here. For those listening that can't see the numbers, I'll try to read them for you here. First half, he was one for seven on those 10 or more yards down the field targets. In the second half, he was three for four, hit those MVS passes, like you mentioned, kind of like the that first was time in the game where exactly they really where they hit a play downfield, right? That right. defense deep. Yep. Uh, his average time to throw in the second half was 2.88, so he was more decisive there. Uh, but also of note, versus the three-man rush, Patrick Mahomes in the game, just one for four, six yards, and a sack. So they really only had those couple of long plays in the second half. Although you did like something that you did see from the Chiefs offense, and that running game is becoming a little more, more real it, for it's, them. It's real. It's real. And I'm in like, you know, I, you know, we've been doing this for two and a half years now. Like you've heard me over the last two and a half years sometimes go, yeah, I mean, I wish they'd give you just a little more to defend at times, right? Whether that be run game or the screens and the speed reverse. Uh, the, the silver lining in the game is all that stuff was really successful, right? It was all that stuff really is what moved the ball up and down the field for the most part against the Bengals when they did move the ball. You know, so that's something you go, teams are going to watch that and go, damn, we got to defend that, let alone the other stuff and all that. It was the, the meat and potatoes, the plays we always see them kind of be successful, their normal offense that, yeah, there was, there was no answers for Cincinnati that way. And then it was disappointing with some of the three-man rushes too. They got a little more pressure on – Mahomes on a few of them than you like. You go, damn, it's five on three. He, they can't get there that quick and make a move. You know, he 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 wanted to buy time, and he had a an unbelievable touchdown pass that got or an unbelievable play that got called back by penalty against a three man rush where he made it happen like that. You know, but but overall, it's just yes, it's the, all the different looks and the variety, and they have a good feel for. Like I said, the base package of what Kansas City likes to do in their drop-back pass game, and that's where Kansas City's going to have to go back to the lab and, and figure out how they want to attack this team if they play them again. One more thing on the Chiefs' offense that yeah. I thought was interesting that you pointed out here is that there may be a tell. You know, like pitchers are tipping their, their pitches sometimes. Oh, like, oh what's yeah, going on? Right. Some, something The underneath different. the center, right? Yeah. What did you notice about the Chiefs' offense well, and Patrick Mahomes? I, I'm always skeptical when they're underneath the center. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I played for some good offensive coordinators and things like that where, you know, John Gruden, we'd you know, shotgun, 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 and all of a sudden he wanted to get underneath the center because we wanted to take a play-action bomb throw, right? Yeah. Right? And so they're in the shotgun the whole game, the whole game. And then, you know, they get under the center early in the game and they ran it one time, but it's like they ran it that one time just to set up their, 
and I say this in the 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 room, you know, watching the game on on Sunday afternoon, and I said it when they were playing on Sunday night a few weeks ago. Just when they're underneath the center, something's up. They don't want to go under the center. Andy Reid's not drawing up plays like that. They're drawing, doing that because they're. It's going to be a reverse. It's going to be some sort of trick play, a play action pass, something like that, where they're hoping that oh well, you'll think you're. We're just going to run the ball and hand it off. Come up here to the line of scrimmage. So, and they were ready for that. You know, Cincinnati and Lou, they're not stupid. This this team right here, this is not what they want to do. They're not playing a smash mouth. And, yeah, it's something to always watch out for Kansas City when he's underneath the center. But Denver Broncos, if you are not ready for that next week, now you are. A little free nugget from Chris Sims right there. Chiefs <laughs> are at the Broncos. Uh, the Chiefs have won 13 straight versus Denver. That secondary, though, is very good. That pass defense for the Broncos is very good. Could be tough sledding it, for it, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, I, I, you know, that Denver defense makes it tough on just about everybody. So I, I, I don't expect it to be easy especially in the past game. You know, we'll see. You know, Again, where Kansas City's gotten different here is that it's a legit run game. And I do think with their O-line and what they do, you, know, they, you, you could see them smash Denver a little bit in the run game, get a little balance going that way. Um, we know it's always tough to stop Kansas City, and they're going to be on their game this week and pissed off because they lost this one. For the Bengals, they may be able to run the ball pretty well. They're taking on the Cleveland Browns, who have one of the worst run defenses in the league, and maybe they get Joe Mixon back. Too. Maybe they get Joe Mixon back. Samaje P. Ryan's been really good, right? They've had issues with, you know, one, like, Cleveland not being able to protect all that well when they've played them. I don't think that's going to be an issue this time around, right? And... You know, I think the simplicity of their rules of their offense, the Browns, the cover three, three match, how they pass things off, it fits them. And they're not bad at playing man-to-man when they have to with those corners out there. So that's where it's, it's a, it can be a tough matchup for the Bengals. But the Bengals yeah. are they, – they, to me, have a turn the corner. We'll see. they got a tough schedule here. But they've turned the corner into – Last few weeks, there's, oh, they're getting it together. They're playing good. And, ooh, I like what I see. I like what I see, too, now where I just go and I go, I, I think they're one of the better teams in the AFC. And I think we're, we're officially into that conversation here. Pete asks a good question in yeah. my ear. Samaj P. Ryan, over 150 total yards last game. Yeah. Do you think even with Joe Mixon coming back, he's carved himself a bigger role? Yes, uh, without a doubt. I, I think he's, he's where Mixon is his career – I think he's he's really just about every bit as good. Maybe not quite as fast as Joe Mixon, but there's not much of a let off, hmm. you know. And then he's 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 great at all the other things. But you saw the game. I mean, he runs for tough yards. He's great at catching the ball out of the backfield. He's got a great feel along with Burrow of just the right spot to settle in the zone. Hey, Joe's looking downfield. He's not there. I I knew exactly where to sit. He gets me the ball. I turn up for five more yards. He's really good that way. You know, it, it, I go back into there. They're a ball-controlled ball passing offense. And now they're starting to get the run. If they can get the run game going a little bit, whew. They're gonna be they're gonna be tough to handle, and that's why it's gonna be tough for Kansas City with them, right? You know, because Kansas City, you know, they got stuck in a little bind of hey, we want to play zone, we want to take away the big plays, we don't want Chase and Higgins to be one on one on our guys, but shit, him picking us apart in the zone, and oh man, they're running the ball five yards up the middle every time, and that made them you know had to do some things too, which you know led to the back shoulders by Jamar Chase or the slant route to T Higgins to win the football game at the end, which was an unbelievable 
third window, way over the middle throw, incredible coverage. No, people around him, Joe Burrow, has to shorten his stroke. The guts he has to even make the throw, let alone the throw itself, was unreal to put Kansas City away. You know what we should do? I just thought yeah. of this when you were saying that because I know how much you like that throw. We should do an end of the year like top five Chris Sims throws, Ooh. like your favorite top yeah. five throws. Yeah, I would like that. For whatever reason, right? Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd, the, I'd be down for that. The Josh Allen 70-yarder. Yeah. Yeah. Or it could be a Joe Burrow tight window, right. sidearm. Yeah. Oh, it's right. got to be completed, though. We can't just not, you know, and it can't be a 70-yarder that just looked pretty and was what cool. If it's dro- what if it's dropped? Mm, what if maybe, it's a great Maybe. Yeah. maybe. <laughs> It'll be debatable. It'll be debatable. Uh, there's some good tasty nuggets in that first game there. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it, was good, it was a good one. Good one to watch and could be the AFC Championship game again. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. This next game, though, I, I think the, this, that was the appetizer for some really like juicy stuff. Uh, there's some juicy stuff in this next yeah. one. Okay. So we got the Dolphins and the 49ers. Just talked about two of the best offensive teams in football with the Bengals and the Chiefs. I think Dolphins are in that category, too, with the big plays that they can make. They didn't make as many in this game. Maybe <laughs> that was expected going against the 49ers, who have one of the best defenses yeah, I in football. Yeah, uh, that's what I expected, Maybe for number sure. One. So... And the 49ers won this game with a backup quarterback, 33-17. Great game for them. We'll get, to, we'll get to them. But was this a case where San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan, they know Mike McDaniel, they know what he's going to do, and they're just they're one move ahead. They're one step ahead. Did they just shut down Mike McDaniel's scheme on offense for the Dolphins? <sighs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, I, I came in the game the same thought you did, you know, that you just said a little bit. 49ers defense is so good. You know, they'll have some answers. They'll pose some problems for the Dolphins. Uh, this game, this game, the Dolphins lost. The score is way misleading. Nobody should look at the score and really think anything of it. I mean, this game was, it was tight. It was close. And my base overall theme would be this game made me go, no, the Dolphins are really good. The Dolphins are one of the best teams in football. There's no doubt about it. This game made you say that. A hundred percent. I have never, never seen the 49ers defense exposed the way they were in this football game. Not in the Kyle Shanahan era. Never. I've never seen a team have more open receivers, relegating them to going, oh, shit, we just got to play cover two. We give up. We can't. We can't cover it all. They're screwing us up when our passing of zone coverages. It was... The most exposed they've ever been in their life. That's where it was amazing. It's going to come in handy for the Miami Dolphins. They lost, yes, but there's no way they can walk off that field and go, we were outclassed. I mean, I came away. I'm just going to get to the end right now going, if, if they play again, all right, and I know we'll dig in here in a second, if they play again, the Dolphins can feel very comfortable with their game plan and go, we can do it again. The 49ers will watch the game back and go, we have to change a lot of shit up because we only won that game for one reason. Tua played horrible. That, Tua missed 
Tua's been really good all year. Again, I'm not and, – and I think this is going to be a great learning experience for him. But they're not going to be able to rely on Tua not playing good again if they play again because Tua's played good all year. You can't expect that. that. That was a little bit of an outlier. And there's probably a little bit of like, Ahmed, you know that – you know, you play a great defense. They're fast. They're big. Like, remember in basketball, you'd be like, yeah, we got open shots against this team. Everybody says they're good defense, but, man, we kept missing them. And, you, you know, you, you, as the game goes, you go, yeah, we're missing them, but we're, like, we're rushing them because how fast and how long they are, right? So you never like, oh, I'm open for three. <sighs> right? You're always like, oh, gosh, that guy's coming at me. <sighs> Oh, yeah, I was open, but I rushed it, and he was so big and had so many thoughts going. And I feel like that happened to Tua in this a little bit, where he was just like, whoa, they're fast. They're everywhere. And it just got to him a little bit to where he missed some throws in this football game that they were bad. And I know how I'm viewed here, but I'm just saying that they were bad. There was more plays and yards left on this field than just about any game I watched in the NFL this year. And I'm not trying to take a low blow. I mean, I got, I can, we can go into the video evidence or whatever, but that's where I was amazed by the Miami Dolphins and the attack. I've never seen them. I've never seen anybody. Kansas City, I know, scored 44, right, earlier this year against the 49ers. They did some good things, don't get me wrong, but Mahomes made some throws where you just go, well, shit, nobody in the planet's going to get the ball in that window. That's just amazing. This was one where you went, oh, my gosh, the 49ers, are, their heads are spinning, and they don't know what to do. And they just missed some opportunities, the Miami Dolphins. So, from talking to you before this, yeah. you were like, as you're writing these notes and as you're watching the film, yeah. you're like, oh no, you're like, oh, I know, no. I'm always self conscious. I don't want, I, I don't, don't want to be, be the, the hater guy. You don't want to be the hater. I don't. I know, you know, anybody that knows me really, and I'm not trying to be a hater, and I, I don't hate against this guy. I just don't like the fan base that follows him sometimes, as we said many times. And the evidence was there that there were some big plays out there because they made a couple of huge plays. Huge for plays. long touchdowns. Huge plays. So we have gone through. We can't show you the video here on this podcast right. because Roger Goodell will come here to NBC Sports and take you off, you know, put you in handcuffs. <laughs> it's like we can't necessarily show video all the time. Uh, so we have some, some still shots right. of the all 22. So if you're watching on YouTube or Peacock, you'll see some of these uh, still shots of the Miami Dolphins offense. If you are listening, Chris will do a great job of explaining yeah. exactly what he saw here. And don't start yet. I just want to sit with this first, too. Because I want to. we're debunking themes here. This is what we're doing. Okay. Because I hear too much on TV. Well, you know, hey, receivers dropped the ball. He had a few drops, but I would mm-hmm. go, they were going to have been great catches. The throw needs to be better. Yeah. So, I'm, But, again, I'm just trying to debunk. Because sometimes I just watch TV and I go – I don't know. I just watched this game for like three hours. This is bullshit what this person's saying. It's bullshit. He's just fucking taking an easy way out and saying something. And it's right. It's right. So it's, you know, oh, the drops and all that. And, oh, the 49ers defense does this to everybody. Yeah, they do this to everybody. But the, the, no offense like this has gone in. This is the best offense in football. They're fucking amazing. And then the other, the other element I hear on TV for two straight days is, well, man, he was under a lot of pressure. And I want to go... I was literally, and you saw my notes, watching the film with something on the TV, and they're telling me he was under a lot of pressure, and I'm going, wait, I'm 40 plays in. I don't think I've seen anybody around him yet, except for one or two plays. So the numbers agree with you. Yeah. Tua was pressured on 27% of his dropbacks, eighth lowest rate in the NFL last week. Uh, for the season, 
It's 23%, second lowest rate. So it's more than normal. Offensive line has been pretty good for the Dolphins. And it's not even always the offensive line. This goes into their offense, too. Yes. Right? I know you saw this in my notes. They just don't let you rush the passer. Think about them, everybody out there listening, or if you're watching, you know, all the stuff they got going, and then the RPOs along with it. So here's Tua, and if you're watching me, he gets the ball, and he rides the running back, right, down the like a little bit as he's going to, oh, am I going to give him the ball, or am I going to pull it, right? So the the defensive line goes down the line of scrimmage, kind of, we got to stop the run, right? And then he pulls it, and now... The defensive line, who's still kind of shuffling down the line of scrimmage, going, wait, we got to stop the zone run with Raheem Mostert. Oh, wait, he's going. Now we get it in a pass rush. Well, he's already patted the ball twice by that time you started to rush him. So the offense really helps their O-line out. He got under some pressure as the game went on. I'm not denying that. But when people just try to say he was under pressure all day, well, I'm throwing the challenge flag out there. That, that's all I'm saying with that one. All right, so let's go through some of these shots. Yeah, all right? let's do it. Let's do that. All right, I'll, I'll read it. You, and you just it. do a quick little explanation of Great. what you saw. Great. There's a, a first third down. It was third and six. It was an incomplete pass to Trent Shurfield. Uh, Tyreek seems open. Yeah. Here. The, well, the, and this is one, and we're going to go back and I'm going to show you. This, this is the, because this picture doesn't do it justice, right? Right here, people are going to look at it and go, wait, you know. Tyreek's not open, and I'm telling you that Hufunga was just going downhill, and this is the fastest human in the history of football. These guys, like when you got a Tyreek Kill who's at full speed and a guy who's not turning and running and just getting out of his breakdown position, if we played this 10 yards down the field, 15 yards down the field, this is when you gear up to throw the ball to Tyreek because he's going to just fly by. This is, you know, this I, I had these looks a million times with Joey Galloway. This is where I thrive. Oh, he's not getting back enough. He better be turning and running. I don't care that he's still five yards in front of him because by the time he turns and runs, Joey's going to be 10 yards by him. And so there, and then he takes a risk here and throws the ball in the middle of the sure field, and Warner almost you know, almost picks it off here. But this was the first one to where I go, man, he should have got to the top of the drop and just launched it. But this is not as egregious as some of the ones we'll see. All right, second down and seven. Yep. It was a throw to Waddle. was not a great throw to Waddle. What did you see on this play? Well, yeah, well. First quarter, four minutes to go. One, this is what I see first. Okay. Okay. Well, that one is he open there? Even to me, that is obvious. Okay, that's the first read. The pocket was totally fine. I don't know. Tua's eyes were a little all over the place, but I mean, this is this is gone. This is seven on seven. The pocket's fine, okay. So the ball should have gone to Tyreek here. This is touchdown, and the 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 Miami Dolphins are up fourteen to nothing at this point after this play. But nonetheless, he sets up here. Off the pocket. And again, look at the picture, too. Look at the people who have gone down the line of scrimmage with the speed sweep guy towards the top of the screen and all that, right? He's only got one guy around him who they pushed by him. But now he's got Waddle coming across here who's in the middle of the screen at 40-yard line that people are watching. And he is wide open for a crosser as he as Tua sets up. He gets past this linebacker here who's at the 38-yard line, and he throws the ball high. And again, it's one of those where... 
if he catches it, there's nobody. The other guy's chasing Tyreek down. He's going to catch it. He might turn up and run for a touchdown, let alone he's going to get a 30-yard gain at least. So that was a, a, an opportunity early on left on the field. It was another miss. And then here's another one in the first quarter. Yep. 50 seconds left about. It was a first and 10, and he's looking for Waddle again here in the middle of the field. Oh, yeah, and just you just misses it. I, you know, I don't, He had the high ball working. And I, I, I didn't like dive in close to mechanics as far as why he kept throwing it high. But that was definitely the, the throw of the day here. And, and having a receiver that open is unusual in the NFL. Like, I mean, that's... The, the, the three, I mean, I know the first one doesn't look open. I wish we could have showed it a little bit more. But the picture two and three, I mean, picture two had two guys that were so open. That doesn't ever happen in the NFL. This, yes, Ahmed, I mean, you tell me, who's the closest defender? How many yards away, you think? Uh, looks like probably five at yeah, least. Yeah, right? Shazir behind uh, uh, the 51, uh, uh, Shazir, I'm blanking, I'm choking on saying his name. He's chasing him right five, six yards behind. Yeah. So there you go. So there's that one. Yes, that was a, another opportunity to get outside of their own end zone. And, and, and again, this is one where... With these type of players here, you know Waddle, Tyree Kill, they catch the ball. You see there's only two defenders left behind them, and they're chasing other receivers to where you just go, I don't know what's going to happen here if he catches this ball. It's going to be scary, right? I've never seen this with the 49ers, guys. I've never. I'm not trying to be. And that's as big a point as like, you know, Tua missed these is. guys. That's as big a point you're trying to make here is that is that they got some guys open. If Tua has this game over again, he might hit it all t- those guys. T- If they played them again, Tua's going to throw for 500 yards. He's not going to miss these. But, you know, I think, again, it just goes into, hey, it's outdoors. It's the, it's the crowd. It's a team that's really good and fast and big. And I just think he was a little uncomfortable and just a little off of his game because of that. Maybe we do one more here to show. I don't know that we need to go through all of them here. Have you seen all the ones that we have here? No, There's yeah, we got to go through them all. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> you asshole. All right, all right fine. We'll, we'll, we'll go quick. through them all. We won't go long. All right, second here, quarter. This is an easy one. I mean, it's just a deep out route. It was you a first see and ten. Right he was right. going to waddle here. Right. Throws it out of bounds. You know, he, he's got him. It, it should be a 20-yard gain on the out route. Doesn't get it. Either way, misses it. Okay, here's one. The wheel route up the sideline. To Jeff Wilson. Right. This is eight minutes into the second quarter. Right. I mean, look at 57 Greenlaw. He was playing deep, but again, like a little bit like the first picture, he's caught flat-footed, and he was like, wait, he's going to keep going, and he's gone. It's gone. It's touchdown. And Wilson could have maybe caught this. It would have been one of those over-the-shoulder, I'm going to dive you know, close to the out-of-bounds to catch it, but it should have been a, a walk-in touchdown. This is Jeff Wilson. He's one of the – he's – you know, other than the guys on his own team, he's the fastest guy in the field. Mm-hmm. So that was a missed opportunity. He would have loved that too. He would definitely would have paid back. He would have gave him the ball. That she was spiked it in Shanahan's face over there. Three minutes, 46 seconds to go in the second quarter. Second and eight. In cut over the middle. High, right? Looking Got Tyreek. You can see how open he is. Right. It's incredible separation. Ball almost gets intercepted. Well, we do have an interception with two minutes to go in the third quarter. Looking for Tyreek. This is the next play after his first interception. And his first interception, listen, it wasn't a good play. Football happens. He did get under pressure. Jeff Wilson was kind of stumbling and not looking, and he threw it, and he made a mistake. I'm not going to harp on that. But this here, I mean, again, as you see, he's wide open, right, Ahmed? I mean, for the one, those listening, he's wide open. it's a six-yard out route, 
and the guy covering him is six yards behind him and running backwards because he's so scared Tyreek Hill's going to run by him. Yeah. So he misses the throw off of Tyreek Hill's hands, interception. So that was all the bad. And you right. mentioned on the first shot, it, it didn't look like Tyreek was open. You're right. like, oh, maybe he's not open. I know. I know. He yeah. is fast. Maybe he's going to run by Yeah, that. you got to just trust me on those ones. Here's the last one. This was the touchdown. This is the touchdown. And I think it's a, it's a similar look. Like I mean, again. You know, and same, we took same look this, as the first one. It's like Tyreek is what five, four or five yards, you know, behind. Not not behind. Right. He's, you know, he hasn't gotten to the defensive. Yeah, Chargevarius Ward is out in front of him and running right. Yep. And even if you took this, if we had this snapshot, even just a little before this. You know, Hufunga, who's the safety in the middle of the field, you see him there, Ahmed, right? He's starting to collapse on Sherfield. But if you got it to where when Tua was actually gathering up the throw, right now he's in the middle of his throwing motion, Hufunga was kind of in a spot where you go, well, he's not open right here. But you know through practice and the speed of your guy, wait, he's going to run by these guys once the ball's in the air, especially a guy who is flat-footed or his attention is downhill. And, yeah, this is – you know, if he throws this ball like the first picture we show and you just drop back and you launch it, the same result's going to happen, in my opinion. And I think most quarterbacks or anybody who played football's opinion because he's just got him in a spot where, yes, he's going to run by anyone and the defenders are not in a position to where they're advantageous here to get the ball. And this was a great throw and on the money and touchdown uh, Miami Dolphins. So to sum up, yeah. that was one of the better games that maybe you have seen from Mike McDaniel and one of the worst games you've seen from Tua. It's the worst game Tua's played all year. And he still made a lot of good throws. I, again, I'm not trying too. My point here was, first off, like, let's be real, some people on TV. And then second off, I'd, like I said, I've never seen anybody do that to the 49ers. I'm never. And it's one of those, again, where I just came away going to the game and going, if the 49ers and they do get to the Super Bowl, they don't want to see this team again. I, I, this, to me, would not be good for them. It's a tough matchup for them. And, uh, man, yeah, they, they just missed some opportunities in this one. Well, maybe all they need to do is just score 33 points with their backup quarterback like they did in this game. <laughs> uh, well done, Brock Purdy, as we take a quick look at the 49ers' yeah. offense, just to take a look, look at, at, look at, at what happened He wants to move the pod now because he's like, that one took too long, so we got to get it going I've here. got an internal clock. I'm like a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, you are. Look, you're Joe Burrow clock. over yeah, here. I just like, got to step up Got to get pocket. it out. Got to get it out. Um, so, so how about the 49ers' offense? Brock Purdy comes in there cold off the bench uh, per NFL research. He is the first Mr. Irrelevant to ever throw a forward pass in a regular season NFL game. That's amazing. He is the first one ever to do that. And not only did he do that, he did it very well. well I mean, you, Mr. Irrelevant's usually like, you know, a fullback. Yeah. Or like, you know, some special teams guy that works hard and goes 110% on the field. Yeah, I wonder how many right. quarterbacks have right. been drafted I bet with you that it's not play. many. I bet you it wouldn't be many. Yeah. You know, usually you, you took a quarterback already because, you you know, I, we, need a, we need another quarterback, right? So you don't wait till the, let me see the last pick of the draft if somebody's hanging around. So there are some people that say they, they're like, man, he looked as good as Trey Lance has ever looked out there. It's just, you know, fair, unfair, whatever. Uh, but then there are other people that are like, man, he looked just as good as Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to go that far. He made some really high-level plays. And, and just like we said on Monday, the circumstance that he was in, and, and it, it, it's mind-boggling. I, I don't know. I don't know if I can imagine being thrown in there as a rookie. And, uh, oh, and, again, and then, too, to do it against this defense, where, again, this defense – they match up with them, you know, better than, than a lot of teams. 
You know, again, because it's it's a little bit like we've talked about. You know, they can play man to man, and so now like the play action and those little throws over the middle that Shanahan's so good off of play action, they don't hold as much merit because Xavier Howard's there. He doesn't care about the run fake, right? So that, but man, he made some. He missed some really easy ones where. You went, oh, God, yeah, you know, damn, you, that's the one you should hit. The play before, holy shit, I don't know how you hit that one and you made it, right? But uh, just never flustered and really, you know, made a few mistakes, but nothing glaring. Um, you know, had, had the interception, but uh, I thought really did a really good job and made some huge plays and some big moments. He is a good athlete, and his arm's better than I thought. I think that's the other thing I, I take away, too. And his arm just by a base level, looked every bit as strong as Jimmy Garoppolo's. And, you know, to your point with the people saying that Trey Lance, he's played more football than Trey Lance. He's a little more seasoned. I think he knows how to play the position in a more traditional manner. He doesn't have the upside Trey Lance does and some of the wow factor, but he knows how to do that. Um, the 49ers won this game just out of their toughness, their battle-testedness, the fact that they've been in games like this and they weren't flustered. I mean, that's really – I came away and I thought I was going to go in this game and go, oh, what did Shanahan must have done this and done that and done this and this is going to be cool. And I came away going, no, they made some really good plays on third down and he made some great plays. Again, that's an area Miami really struggled in this football game. And they're just – their toughness running the football. And this is one of the first games I thought all year where it's like team they were they wanted to stop the run they knew it was Brock Purdy and they just said no we're going to run it for five up your ass and here we go and they still got five and that was that was the impressive part for the Niners is that the offensive line dominating a very was, good defensive exactly line. right it was it was I thought one of the better performances by their own line a hundred percent it was one of the first games all year where I went traditional run game got going here a little bit. It wasn't beautiful, but it was good enough to keep them in third and four so Brock Purdy could not have to make some unreal, amazing laser beam throw to get the first down. That was the big part of the football game. And, yeah. you know, between McCaffrey out of the backfield, his route running is just, it's off the charts good. What do you think about his role? Because he had 17 carries in this one. Yeah. They had Jordan Mason, yep. who had eight carries for 51 yards, so pretty productive day for him. Yes, he's, I really like the way he looked. You know, in a lot of ways, I like almost the way he looks as a runner more than McCaffrey. He just hits the hole. He's a bigger human being. He's a little more physical that way. You know, I think they could get into something here where McCaffrey, Jordan Mason, Debo Samuel are all on the field at the same time, and you don't know who's in a, you, Like, McCaffrey's route running, is it's better than Debo Samuel's. I mean, he's that good of a route runner. You could line him up a receiver all game long and never notice that it was a running back out there. He is that high level, and they are starting to do some of that stuff with him. But, yeah, you know, when he was at traditional running back, the Dolphins were cued into, wait, they're going to run the ball and they're going to give it to him. It wasn't an easy day until he broke that last run, right? I mean, you take away that last run, he's got 16 carries for 36 yards. That's not the day you want, right? But they were patient with it, and then the Jordan Mason runs were really the the star of the show, let it alone with some Brock Purdy blitzes in your face, big-time throws on third downs that, that won the game for them and, and helped them get over the hump. 49ers did get some good news on Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe he'll come in with a cape on in the conference championship game or Super Bowl. I guess it's not season-ending, but it will be pretty late. So they're gonna yeah, have to that's going to be tough. Finish out the regular season with Brock Purdy. And so their next game is against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So now they have a whole week to prepare with Brock Purdy. They know it's going to be Brock. Right. Um, what 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 would be different? What do you anticipate 
being different for that 49ers offense and Kyle Shanahan? You know, I, I don't know if it's going to be a lot different. I, I don't know. Uh, my, my thing is – You think they can do a lot of the same things they did with Jimmy? I do. I do. And I think they got to manage it a little bit better. You know, say what you want, as good as he looked and as seasoned as he is for a rookie and all that. Like, it's still a rookie. And, you know, don't – my big thing was don't go too crazy. Like two years ago or three years ago when Nick Mullins came in, I thought Shanahan was too aggressive with Nick Mullins. And there were some games where I just went, he trust put him in the trust tree too much. If he just kneeled on the ball the whole game, they would have won the game. But they trusted Nick Mullins and he strip sack, he throws stupid interception, whatever. You know, Shanahan's management of games and trusting his team has been phenomenal this year, I have thought. And I think he will pound the rock have some Shanahan specials and plays like that. And he's going to tell Brock, our defense is awesome. We're not playing the Dolphins again, maybe to the Super Bowl. So you can depend on them stopping and not having so many people open. And let's just play that way. And I'll dial up some plays for you to take some shots. And I know the plays you're most comfortable with in the drop back pass game. But I don't think fundamentally it's going to change a whole lot. I don't. You know, and that's where Shanahan's good with these backup quarterbacks. You know, sometimes I wish he would pick guys that are a little more talented, and I've, I've been critical of that. But at the same time, for the backup position, he picks these guys that are, you know, basically like they're, they're coaches. They're, they're nerds. They're your chalkboard, chalkboard gym rat type of guys. They're, you know, and that's what he loved about Nick Mullins. He would tell it to people all the time, Nick Mullins, I mean, he could teach the offense to the offense, right? And I think that's what we got here. So he'll trust him you know, more than you would think for a rookie QB. Would be a pretty good game to have on Sunday night, 49ers Bucks. But we have the Dolphins and Chargers on Sunday night football coming up here in just a couple of That'd days. That'd be a good one. Maria Taylor's going to sit down with Tua and show him this podcast. <laughs> be like, how does this make you feel? And she's going to be like, Ahmed Farid picked all these plays out. What do you think of yeah. this guy? No, he'll see that part where I tried to fast forward and you denied me. <laughs> um, so you said at the end of Sunday's postgame that you think that the L.A. Chargers defense matches up well with Miami. Oh, okay. Do you? I mean, after watching the tape here. Well, I, know. I mean, nobody, <laughs> nobody matches up that easily with yeah. them. I do... As I've said, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, the Chargers were built to stop passing. They're built to stop the Chiefs. Yeah. And, and the passing. They're built to play pass defense football. And, of course, we know well, they got a pretty good pass rush. They don't stop the run all that well. And this is not a great Dolphins running football team. And Staley's smart. And Staley, we saw a few weeks ago, he did a pretty good job. Again. He knows some of the Shanahan system tricks there. So I don't think he's going to be, like, totally outclassed here by the X's and O's. And that's where I do think it. And then here's the other aspect, too. I love Miami's defense. They let up plays. I, I know that. But they keep pressure on you, and they make you earn it. And that was really the difference in the game. Yeah. You know, the 49ers took advantage of every little opportunity they had, and the Dolphins left some on the field. But where this game will be interesting with Miami is, you know, one – you're going to blitz and get all in that all everybody up at the line of scrimmage and man to man like they're, they're a, the chargers are are I wish more aggressive downfield and taking shots but they're well coached they're going to know how to pick up the blitz and he's pretty scary against the blitz cuz he just stands there and you're blitzing me I'll throw it over you I don't care I'm Justin Herbert I'm yeah. Megatron and then you know they have the system plays too that I think to where I I think they could be a little bit more of a pain in the ass for the Dolphins than maybe I don't even know what the spread is but I'm guessing the Dolphins are favored by seven six and a half 
Something like that would be my guess. By the way, one note here, nine quarterbacks have been Mr. Irrelevant in the past. Pete okay. found this. Most recently, Chad Kelly in oh, 2017. Oh, Chad was shit. I didn't know that. Chandler Harnish in 2012. Oh, Chandler Harnish. Never yeah. threw a forward pass. I was going to say, yeah, I can't, I can't. I remember Chandler Harnish. I can't remember where he went. But Does that Chad mean they Kelly. threw back, backwards passes, maybe? Could have. Maybe. Lateral. Laterals. Yeah. Did some uh, toss-pitch handoffs. Could have done that. Dolphins are three-point oh, favorites. Three point. Well, okay. I, maybe Vegas knows what I know. That it's, 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 they match up a little bit better with them than, than people would think. I would imagine a pretty high over-under here. could be an offensive uh, explosion if the Dolphins can get guys open like that. It's 52 points, says Pete. If they can get guys open like that against the 49ers, probably can do it against any team out there. A 49ers team that has Nick Bosa, which brings us to the Bet MGM Defensive Player mm. of the Year yeah. odds yeah. here. This is interesting. So the favorite... Right now is Micah Parsons. Yeah, he's at minus five hundred, so overwhelming favorite mm-hmm. according to Bet MGM. Nick Bosa currently, who had three sacks in this game, all right, he had three sacks in the game. Yeah, already. he yeah. had three. You're right. Uh, plus two fifty. Right. That's interesting. So it's not all. It's not only about like who you think's going to win, but who gives you the best value. If you had yeah. one dollar to put on either of those two players right now, Definitely. Micah Parsons or Nick Bosa, who would you put it I'm on? I'm going with Bosa. I, you know. This is a real was a real race this year. I mean, this is real. And then Bosa, what did Bosa miss? Three games? Yeah. I mean, he's three games and he's got fourteen and a half sacks. Uh, and I, I know he, you know, I don't know. I, I'd love to see how many pass rushes each of them got compared to each other, because uh, you know Micah does play stand up linebacker. But this is where, you know, I'm a little. I don't always just go by. Oh my gosh! Like, like you heard me last year with T.J. Watt. I did not think T.J. Watt should be. The NFL defensive MVP. Awesome. Don't get me wrong. I, it was awesome. But it was in a, a, a huge sack accumulation in like three games where yeah. he had like 14, 6, 12 sacks in a three-game span. We were talking about Michael Parsons every week last year. I feel more like that Nick Bosa this year than I do like Micah Parsons. I feel like we've been on here every Monday and a 49er fan has been like, how about a damn okay for Nick Bosa, right? Yeah. I mean, almost every every game he's played in. And every game he's played in, I feel like we've come away going, man, Nick Bosa, holy shit, is he just everywhere? So, I yeah, just my eye, I, I would want to say Bosa's in the lead for me a little bit right now, but he's not the fan favorite and the media favorite quite yet. We know Michael Parsons is yeah. that guy. He doesn't play for the Cowboys. That's the reason <laughs> right, there. Right. Uh, Pete says Nick Bosa only missed one game. Oh, it was only one. Year. I don't know why. He I might have got two hurt or three. early in the other yeah, game. Yeah, maybe he know. did. Maybe he did. But, uh, yeah, okay. just missed one game, so came back pretty quick here. Uh, the action never stops at BetMGM. You can sign up now using the bonus code SIMS. Your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000, Chris. So say you bet $100 on Nick Bosa to win the Defensive Player of the Year award, Ahmed. Okay. If you win, yeah. you'll get $250. But if you lose, you will still get $100 worth of free bets. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com. Enter bonus code SIMS to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So this is a 
perfect time to transition to our Big Butt of the Week Award yes. winners here. And for the first time ever, we're making history on the pod. So Pete said that he sat down and got some uh, some music, some some background music. Oh, I thought you were going to say like he actually like looked at butts on t- <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, studied he did them. some research. <laughs> uh, no, we have a theme song. Okay, for the first time ever, wow. we're going to have a theme song. Yeah, Pete said it took him a couple of hours on the couch. Yeah tooling around with editing software and theme music. So I haven't heard this. You haven't heard this. No, we have not. He's very proud of this, though. So we'll see. We'll see where this goes. I don't know if anyone's heard it. Uh, For the first time ever, the Big Butt of the Week Award intro song. It is that time. Big Butts and we cannot lie. The Big Butt of the Week Time to give some love to these big guys. Some touches. There's a couple sacks, forced fumble. He's a butting superstar. Give it to him, Ahmed. One butt cheek. And this is why you're the big butt expert of the world right now. <laughs> yeah. I love it, Pete. Well done. Well done. Well done there was like Pete. a little mix of uh, I like big butts yeah. and then the salt and pepper, like, ooh, baby. Yeah, push it. Push it. I almost wow. felt like there was a little mixture there of those. A sampling. Ooh, a baby, baby. I love it. But big, big butts, butts. All right, well done. I think that sticks, right? I do. We I think do it, it sticks. I mean, you know, I hope the homies agree. They always have some say in this. Yeah, that's true. Right. That's true. If, if you've got to like it. If you don't want to hear it again, just tweet at Chris. But if you're a member of Two Anon, we're going to throw out your vote. So we're just going to think you're hating entirely. <laughs> you're so funny. Uh, so we'll start with Edge here because uh, Thomas Gatz, TV, our good friend, yeah. on the last pod said, if it's not Nick Bosa, we're going to have words. Unfortunately, <laughs> Thomas, it's not Nick. Although we just gave him a lot of love <laughs> we last gave him segment. A lot. We can't let him do that every week. He did only play 38 snaps last game, so it was very efficient. But I like the guys who play most of the game here. Uh, and I'm going with Chandler Jones for the Raiders. Showed up really for the first time. The first right? time all year. Came into the game with half a sack on the season. Had three in the first half alone, 11 pressures, seven hurries, and part of a transformation, I think, for this Raiders defense going forward here. Hopefully. Hopefully. For Josh McDaniels. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a team that's certainly on the rise right now and playing really good. And, you know, the Chargers O-line, it, it's, it's got some injuries. It's not, you know, it's pass protected well despite those injuries, but it's still not one of the best. So, yeah, I'd like to see a little bit more. But that was a positive for a hot football team. And, yeah. I mean, one of the most disappointing free agent acquisitions of the of last year so far this season, right? I mean, we were all expecting, whoa, Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, and it's just been Max Crosby. Mm-hmm. And where is Chandler Jones? Uh, he was – I mean, the first half, that's all – me, Coach Dungy, and Jason Garrett could talk about because it it's just like we're watching games and you know you're getting ready for the show and every time you look up it's like Chandler's Chandler's on Justin Herbert again. Uh, it was definitely the coming out party for him. So this probably feels good for him. Right? It's got it's to. like you get the sacks. He's probably thinking like Ahmed's got to see that, right? He's got to see that. Definitely. Now the pressure's off. You like him and yep. he's made it. He's got one of the one of the elephant awards. Defensive tackle, big butt of the week goes to a Miami Dolphin, mm-hmm. Christian Wilkins. Played 76 snaps. I love that for defensive tackle. Tied for the second most among tackles this week. 11 tackles. He was credited with 10 stops in the run game. He, he, was, he was all over the field for the Miami Dolphins. This is the second time he's won the award, is it not? I feel like you picked him one time. Maybe did I'm I, wrong. I, did I pick him before? I think so. I, I was trying he to deserves think. to be picked again. He's phenomenal. Christian Wilkins might have been a two-time award winner. Congratulations, he's, he's, Christian. He's phenomenal. And he stands out when you watch the game. He's, first off, I mean, you said it. The 76 snaps is impressive. Yes. He can two-gap, so he can hold big people up and just do this. He's the best 
hustling defensive tackle in football. I've never seen a big fucker like him involved in more wide receiver screens down the field or, you know, the running back toss sweep. And what? 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 Christian Wilkins is the guy that pushed him out of bounds six yards down the field, 40 yards from where he lined up. Uh, he, he's a phenomenal football player. And he's, you know, somebody they're going to have to pay. It's, yeah. it's getting to that time and he's, he's going to get a ransom. If you did win it for the second time, Christian, congratulations. Right, now you on got the, one on each butt. On the second win. So there it is. Chandler Jones for the first time. We know that for sure. And possibly Christian Wilkins for the second time. There's your big butt of the week award. Elephant trophy will be mailed to you very, very soon. Yeah, you can see a little crack in uh, Christian Wilkins' butt right there. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> a little upper crack area there. <laughs> he could be the trophy in the future. <laughs> he could be. Uh, moving on to a team that's filled with big butts. Holy it shit. It's been that are. way for the past few years. The Philadelphia Eagles took out the Tennessee Titans. And let's start there because I think that's an interesting place to start. You took a look at this film a little bit deeper and just the physicality of Philadelphia – versus the physicality or the size of Tennessee. What do yeah. you see? Uh, man, the Eagles are good. Man, they're just they're good. I don't know what else to say. You know, it, it, this is a game that they definitely were ready for. You know, I think the last few weeks they've kind of hit a lull in their year. They played some teams that, you know, matched up against them pretty well. You know, I thought Tennessee matched up with them pretty well. But I think it was a team that probably got their attention preparing for them this, during the week. But the first thing is is like you said it right. They, you t I turn on the film, and I always think of Tennessee as, you know, one of the bigger physical teams out there. They looked like they had kids on their team compared to the Eagles at times, where I'm going, oh, my. I mean, just the Eagles O-line. I mean, are they just going to push all four Titans defensive players down the field at the same time and just have a party? I, so just a look test sometimes is just I'm, I'm amazed by it and that, that just it popped off the screen there was a there was a definite visual difference between Tennessee and Philadelphia that you know again I haven't seen those two teams in person that I did not expect to see on film so that was the first thing then the second thing is Jalen Hurts was I think it's Jalen Hurts best game of his career I I, I think so because like it was more than just it, it, you know, I know he made big plays but it was more than just like, hey, one-on-one -on -one jump ball and all that. Man, there was a lot of big-time high-level reads. And there was some infused throws in there where I've said, you know, hey, I'd like to see him throw into these windows and be more consistent with this. And that's one of the things I'd like to see from him. There was more of that. And then when you take into account that Tennessee was playing defenses that were like begging the Eagles to run, begging them, we're going to drop back, we're going to have safeties back. And the Eagles were like, nah, we're still going to throw it. We'll, we'll tell you what we're going to do. Hmm. And just no answers for them at all. It was uh, just a, you know, they hit, made them, got a little lull in the, the late first, early second quarter. But other than that, the Eagles just absolutely had their way with the Titans defense. Of course, after the game, the big news was the firing of the GM for the Titans. <sighs> John Robinson. John Robinson, who I, I mean, I, I worked with in New England. I, I, I like John a lot. I, I mean, that's one of the shockers of the year to me. You know, that, he, what they've done there, you know, in Tennessee, the team they've built, so relevant the last few years, right? They used to have A.J. Brown, though. I Listen, it's and hard. he scored two touchdowns against him. Do you think that was part of it? Well, I know it's a part of some issues there in Tennessee. 
I know that. And everybody does. Everybody knows Vrabel. Anybody you talk to in the NFL who knows somebody knows that Vrabel was not happy about A.J. Brown being traded. That's He did not want that. So you know, I, what I don't know is how much they butted heads over that issue. And then, you know, to me, this has to be more than – this isn't like they showed up at the office on Monday and they were like, did you see what A.J. Brown did to us? You're fired. This is something that is definitely – boiling, percolating, whatever you want to talk about. It has to be. And to me, the Eagles game was just the the jump off, not only between A.J. Brown, but there's a part of me that wonders the same thing I started off the comment with, that like Mike Vrabel might have been like, hey, owner, look at those guys during pregame. Look at their team. Do you think our team looks like that team? I I, I could see that, that happening too. So I, I don't know where it is, and I'm, we'll, we'll get it here. But I do know that that was, yes, a contentious point, right? Yeah. Is that the right way to say that? Yeah. As far as A.J. Brown, and we've shown that gift just a few weeks ago, right? With, you know, when they trade him, Vrabel had to get up and walk around the mo- room and crick his neck seven times because he was like, I can't believe we freaking traded that guy. We traded. Who did, who did we trade? Yeah. Huh? Huh? He's got that's the perfect formula. I want to run the ball and I want to throw it deep. Run the ball with King Henry, throw it deep to AJ Brown. Yeah. That was taken away from him. And, so, and Vrabel yeah. doing that knew that people would see that too, you know, and that's, yeah. that's part of it too. He well, probably sure. wanted to make it known. Yeah, well, I don't know. Well, th- just before deal. the draft, he vouched for AJ Brown and said, yeah. as long as I'm here, AJ Brown will that's be true. here. That's true. So that's another reason to get up and go, <laughs> I didn't make this trade. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's that's you know I got to think it's some of that all together and here it is here it is way to go Pete and and Kristen and everybody, but there it is Gabby way to go Gabby, Gabby I mean yeah that, that's that's a walk away of I kind of want to beat the crap out of my GM sitting next to me but I'll walk away and just shake my head and take a deep breath yeah yeah <laughs> well one of those touchdowns was uh, was a play that you thought was uh, pass interference so maybe if that doesn't happen. Uh, if it's called offensive pass interference, maybe he's still around They, they here. probably would have still thrown a touchdown the next play, the way this game was. That is but true. Here's, here's the thing that really got Tennessee. They tried to play quarters coverage. Quarters coverage is like there's only a few teams that can really play good, and I'll be quick here because I know we're getting long. But I want to – like quarters coverage is the, te- the coverage you play to go, we kind of want to take away the run and the pass. We kind of want both, Right. And not everybody knows always how to beat it or attack it. And that's not the case with the Eagles. The Eagles are smart and go, teams are going to want to play us in quarters because they're going to want to stop the run because the safeties don't really have to be responsible for the deep part of the field, but they're back there. So you go, oh, well, we don't want to throw a post route because the safety's back there, right? You know, we don't want to do that. They're back there. So let's call another play. So they kind of scare you out of those plays. But then when, as soon as you're getting ready to say set hut, they're allowed to come downhill and they're not worried about behind them. They have taught Jalen Hurts how to read that coverage and they have taught him to, when you see that coverage, we're going to have some things built in to just screw it over. And like his first touchdown pass to Devontae Smith, uh, that was a great one. That was a great job of him recognizing it because they kind of disguised it and they did a good job. But he recognized how they were going to play it, and boom. So they, 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 it goes into our old narrative of Philadelphia has an answer for everything. And that's where, again, it's going to be – it's going to take some special defense to, to really – or them being on an off day to stop them. Yeah, can they do this? Can they win like this in the future? Because you were like – when it's – 
You know, push comes to shove in the playoffs. Yeah, it's giving me more and more confidence. Can Jalen Hurts beat a team with his arm? Yeah, I, I think, I think I'm 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 getting there. I am. You know, and again, I don't know if it's ever going to have to get to the point of where it got to that Buccaneers game last year. You know, I don't know if there's a team that really is this year's Buccaneers where I'd go, ooh, I think that's one team the Eagles might not actually be able to run on. I don't know if there is that team. So, you know, because of that, too, I don't know if he's ever going to really have to throw into some of the coverage we talk about the Bengals playing against Mahomes, you know, Mahomes and all that because there's just too much other stuff to worry about. Um, so he, he played great. He really did. And, you know, they're just they're great. There's so nothing else you can say about you it. You will probably not be picking the Giants this week, even though you love the Giants. Yeah, no, this is this is tough. The Giants aren't even that good at stopping the run. And now you got to worry about that. And then, like, we don't have shut down corners and Wink wants to play man-to-man. You just – you can't play man against these guys. It's, it's, it's too hard. They're too good. They really are. It's, it's great players, great play design, great job knowing all the details, and they execute. And because of that, it's, 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 that's, that's, hard to, that's hard to beat right there. 11-1. and one. Only one team has done it. And uh, who who knows? Maybe they will not lose in the playoffs, and they will get Nick Sirianni on their shoulders, and there will be a new statue out there in Philadelphia, along with Doug Peterson and Nick <laughs> yeah. Foles. Yeah, they got. might be building statues for the next few years. The way this thing looks right there, right now. So, two more games to talk about here, and they're going to be quarterbacks that uh, we're going to take a little bit closer look at. Two. Former backup quarterbacks who are now the starting quarterback for their team. One is a little more temporary, maybe, than the other. We'll start with the one that may be permanent. Yeah. The Jets offense uh, had some good moments against the Vikings. Yeah. They lost 27-22. But we want to take a closer look at Mike White because we did that last week, his first start last week, and then you were sick. I want to avoid the talk. (laughs) You couldn't do it. You couldn't bring yourself to talk about a quarterback. Oh, I wish I would have been in the last Wilson. week. He played great last week. The game couldn't have been easier for him last week. That's why I was saying. Okay, well, that, see, that's you know, a compliment then followed with well, kind of like it's a just, backhand. I'm compliment. just saying that's why I didn't believe in that they should have benched Zach Wilson. That was a game to get him back on track. He played yeah. great last week. He took advantage of everything that was there to be had. There's, It's not his fault that the Bears had a bunch of guys that we never heard of playing defense and you know, it was, uh, that's not. And he played very good in this football game as well. He certainly played good enough for them to win the game. You know, there's some things that, you know, they could change, you know, and, and, you know, the Vikings just won situational football. I think that's where you break it down. Uh, that's where I'd, I'd get into it. You know, the Jets were not good on third downs and they made no plays in the red zone in the past game. That was really, you want to boil it down. And I think that maybe they gave up on the run a little too much. They had some runs early on in the game that got called back for penalties and they were kind of like, ah, forget it. And I thought that was maybe one area that they dropped the ball in, but I'm, I'm you're not going to sit. I'm not going to sit here and say I like the way Mike White looks. I don't agree with that decision. Still, I'm not going to back away from that. But I'm certainly not negative on Mike White and what he did. And I like a lot of the things they did. I think the Jets as a team kind of messed this game up a little bit. And you can kind of place blame on in all areas of of this one. Uh, that's going to be the fascinating thing, right? Yeah. Is like what what does the future hold for the Jets, right? And of course, you're right in the middle of it this year. You're a playoff team. Right now, you're seven and five. Who knows if you'll be able to stick in the playoff yes, picture that's here? Be a big thing. But that's the question, right? Are, are there things that, and, and you've said the ceiling is higher for Zach Wilson. And I don't know, you know, I, I guess that you could argue with that. But um, a lot of teams thought he was deserving of a top pick in the NFL draft. Yeah. And so, w- what are some of the things that maybe Zach Wilson could have done differently in this game? Or are there not many at this point in young Zach Wilson's career? There's, there's not many. There's not many. I think there, there, there's, there's 
there's one area where I would go Zach might have been better than Mike White. Zach, his arm is special, so it's dangerous in the red zone. He can throw. That's where, you know, we see great quarterbacks are great in the red zone because they can make throws that the other guys can't. So that and his mobility definitely makes them a little more dangerous when they get down in the red zone area and that, right? Playing the game and the position the way, I'm not ready to tell you that Zach Wilson is any better than Mike White in that. Absolutely not. He can definitely make some plays with his legs and his arm, though, that Mike White cannot. And, you know, Mike White just a little off in some situations during the game. That was probably the biggest thing, especially in the first half. He did miss some throws. You know, some of the red zone area where they had to settle for field goals. Settling for the field goals was the problem of the day, right? You know, the first field goal, he has a third down. He's got Conklin over the middle. He throws it behind Conklin. Yeah, you'd like Conklin to catch it. The quarterback coach is also saying, hey, that's not a good ball. you got to throw it out in front of him and put him where he can catch it. He's a big tight end. He can't be reaching back there like that in that crowd of people. You know, second field goal, it was just before the half. Third field goal, they're down there close. He makes the wrong read and a bad throw. He throws to Wilson on a slot out route. He's got Elijah Moore coming underneath. It's going to be a first down. It's going to be first and goal inside the 10. They have to kick the field goal. Penalties were the reason for the fourth field goal. You know, And then fifth field goal, defense is good. Vikings batted the ball down on third down. So their inability on third downs and to smash it in the end zone on a consistent basis really were the game. And it's just amazing because it's another game where I go, I don't think the Vikings were the better team on the field. Mm. But and they gotta have it moments and and then in the situations, they seem to win those more times than not. And there, there's something to say about that. There's one thing that Mike White has that Zach Wilson didn't have, and that is a better relationship. At least seems like on the field, right? With Garrett Wilson, yeah, right. Eight catches, 162 yards, had a 60 yarder in the game. What what do you see that's different about that connection? Well, I, is it just looking for him more? I, I, looking for him more. I don't know. Maybe the offense is a little bit more open because they trust Mike White to make the right decisions more. I think that would probably be the other thing I would say too. I would say maybe there's more to that. You know, the Jets' offense is still a little frustrating to me. They lead the league in throwing like the swing route right to the running back or the guy they fake the reverse to. Right? They, I mean, it's like eight times a game. And it was that way with Zach Wilson. It's, it's not Mike White thing or Zach. It's just that and throws over the middle. I just go, oh my gosh, how many times can we throw the swing route and then jam the slant over the middle? You know, some form of a slant. There's all these different versions of it. Um, but. Um, well, I'll tell you what. What, were, what was your question there? Oh, yeah, but he's finding Wilson. He yes. is. And Wilson's talented. He's a great route runner, and he's shown a little more physicality and catching balls and breaking tackles, uh, and especially that the big play that he had down the left sidelines where he almost scored and he stepped out of bounds. How could two guys with the last name Wilson not have a connection? I know, right? It doesn't make any sense. No, hey, listen, that would be the, the number one thing that you know is weird to me is, yeah, the, the way Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore have acted with – Mike White as compared to Zach Wilson. That's probably the thing that concerns me more than anything. Although, Elijah Moore open, not getting the ball. Maybe he'll change now. Maybe he'll go back (laughs) to the Zach Wilson camp now. Uh, Next up for Mike White, it's a difficult uh, defense to go against, although they've had some injuries. But the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, and that is where our breaking news is for the day. Ah. I don't even want to do the noise. It's just too sad. So Von Miller, Von Miller, we knew he was hurt, knew it was a knee injury. Didn't think it was that serious. They had exploratory surgery, Sean Shit. McDermott says. So they Shit. went in there to look around, and I yeah. guess it was worse than they thought. Yeah. And so he will have season-ending, or I guess he already did, ACL surgery. Yeah, once they opened him up, I guess they fixed it up, right? Yes. But gosh, 
You know, the NFL, they love to do that. Like, hey, we're not sure what's wrong with you. Let's just go open you up and see what's wrong in there. We'll just open you up, and I'll charge the team $700,000 for surgery. Yeah. <laughs> but no. I mean, in all seriousness, yeah, that stinks. I mean, it stinks. It stinks when it's the one guy the team really went all in on to kind of get him over the hump, and we could see that he was making a difference for Huge them. Difference. Huge, Huge difference. Huge, right. And now they're not going to have him down the stretch. That, that's, that stinks. And, yeah, I mean, again, I – I, I like the Bills, and I, I I think you could tell. I root for the teams that I like the quarterbacks a lot of the time. That's why I like, you know, the Bengals and Joe Burrow and Mahomes, and uh, I like Josh Allen. I respect the coaching staff up there, and that's a, that's a big-time blow. It's a big-time blow. I mean, th- one of the reasons they beat Kansas City is why? Von Miller. One of the reasons they beat the Rams early in the year is Von Miller. I mean, he's closed some games out for them, you know, in a big-time way, and – yeah, that's where that's that's gonna hurt against the you know upper echelon teams in the NFL. Are they still your favorite out of the AFC now? I think they what? I think they are. They it, are your favorite. I right think now. they are. I think they are. I'm not gonna bet ba- ba- you know bail them. The Chiefs and the the Bengals I think are are and the Dolphins are all very close. With Maybe. Von Miller, it would be no no debate. Or I guess it's still close, no, it's still but. debate. I think it's still I you know I I still look at Buffalo. And yeah, they messed up some games. I haven't. I don't think anybody's like outplays them or totally dominates them or anything. To where, yeah, I think I'd still give Buffalo the slight edge there. But as you could tell, Cincinnati changed my mind to push them up a little bit, and Miami definitely changed my mind to where I thought like, hey, this is a fun team. They're cool and they're dangerous. To now I go, shit, Miami can win the Super Bowl. They can go to the Super Bowl. They can win it. They can play with anybody. There's no doubt. So some teams getting better in your mind over in the AFC. So that means the Ravens probably got some work to do here. So our last game we're going to talk about just real quick here. Tyler Huntley is in. Lamar Jackson is out for at least days to weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not a season-ending injury for Lamar here. Uh, They got just enough offense to beat the hapless Denver Broncos. just enough. 10-9 10-9 to 9 was the final score here. Um, what you take away from, from Tyler Huntley? He's come in before. He's been serviceable, yep. which seems like a like not a good thing to say about a quarterback, right? But yeah. when you're a backup quarterback, it's entrusted, exactly what you want to be. Entrusted to keep a team in the playoff hunt. That's exactly what Tyler Huntley did. Let a game-winning drive at the end of the game. A closer look on Tyler Huntley. What would you notice? Just, uh, you know, just a guy that, you, you first off, you, you said it. You could trust him. And he really knows the offense. He knows where to go with the football. He plays it by the book a little bit more than Lamar does, right? Lamar, uh, I will say, even before he got hurt, it, he wasn't playing well. You know, he, he definitely missed the throw, missed some guys where I'd go, oh, you should throw this right here. Not that it was bad and it wasn't a ton of plays, but, you know, it was it was looking like it was going, oh, man, it's, he's, is he a little off today? Or maybe he's not seeing the field all that great because he didn't get to practice all week. You know, he's been missing some practices. But you know, the one thing with him is – you know, he threw the interception. That one was a bad one to Justin Simmons along the sideline. But other than that, man, decisions, getting the ball out of his hands quickly, putting the ball right where he needed to. He does make some plays with his legs. And, again, as we've discussed a lot of times, it's a really good defense in Denver. And they, you know, run game, not there, as we've discussed. And their pass game is doesn't jump off the screen to you as far as ooh scary or dangerous or overly creative as we've discussed a lot. But it's still got a lot of the good basics, and he was he was great that way. I mean that was a tough tough like way to hang in there 
type of game for a quarterback to win that game against that defense and and drive down what was it ninety one yards sixteen yep. plays yep yeah I mean it was just it wasn't like it was like oh they're hey they got them wide open in the middle of the field it was like. Oh, oh, I got to get it between those guys. Oh, man, I don't know what coverage this is. Oh, wait, he's got a spot in the zone. Boom, I'll get it there. Oh, crap, nobody's open. Uh, I'll scramble for six. I mean, that's how he played. That's how they went down the field there. And I'm making those noises because nothing was easy. Nothing yeah. was just there for him to have and be like, oh, there goes, you know, there goes this guy wide open and we got an easy 50-yard gain. Um, he he knows the offense. He's a good football player, and I, he, to me, he looks like he is, as I've always said, one of the best backups in football. If not a guy that has the potential to be a starter for a team if he gets to play more and show himself. It was one of those drives at the end of the game where, if it had been Lamar, people might have gone, "Wow, they, that's whoa. why you, that's why you pay Lamar. <laughs> that's why you pay him. You're right for drives just like that." But it's like, oh no, it was Tyler Huntley. Go, oh don't don't pay him. Well, don't the scr- him. you know the 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 scramble at the end, and then the little scramble where he threw it to Kenyon Drake down the left sideline that got him real close. Those were special plays. That was, that was like that was good stuff. Really was. Um, so yeah, way to go. It was good for him, and they'll, they'll weather the storm. But they gotta they gotta get that run game going, like I've talked about. Yeah, they definitely do, and they gotta find another. Legit option in the pass game. It can't just be Mark Andrews all the time. Ravens at Steelers next. Huntley played against them last year, week 18. Had 141 passing yards, had 72 yards on the ground. A couple interceptions, so not a great game for him last time. But No, well, you're right. That was the last game of the year. Last game it of was the year. Not, yeah, it was not good. Hey, Pittsburgh... Uh, they're gonna they're gonna pose some problems for them, and you know, again, it's those division matchups are always scary on it because you know it's just the knowledge. You know the rule. We know the rules of Greg Roman's offense. We know when they get in this formation, they like to do these type of things. We know when we line up in this, they want to do this to us, and that's where divisional games can be scary, especially when it's bright defensive minds like Mike Tomlin and and uh, Brian Flores over there coming up with game plans. So that's it. Those are all the nuggets you're going to get. Boom. Treasure Hunters edition You're is rich closed. with football knowledge. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time but you can taste the difference we come to work every day to do it the right way even if it's the hard way because if it's not right for us it's not right for you Dietz and watson it's a family thing since 1939 so now we're uh, we're deep into the pod so yeah. this is where we try out new segments right just to, if they don't hit maybe people didn't hear it yeah they didn't go that far right and so for the first time ever we've had a lot of firsts on this pod the first song ever that was yeah. a hit this is the first ever sour rankings so we've, like heard, we've heard about power rankings, right? Right. right. And Hopefully everyone, this sticks, and then we can find a theme song for this, too. Everyone does power rankings. Right. It's like, we think this team's the best, da 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 No one does sour rankings. So here, here's the idea of the sour rankings. We were talking about this uh, with one of the teams specifically a couple weeks ago. These are the teams where the fan bases feel the worst. This is like not that not the team has the worst record, not necessarily, but just like if you're a fan of this team, I feel sorry for you because this is you you are feeling terrible right, right. now. So I got the ten. I mm. ranked. I will go ten to one here, real quick. All right. Yep. So number ten is the Rams. They sit at three and nine right now. 
a total collapse this year, injuries, but you still have that Super Bowl. Yeah, so that kind of takes the edge off, right? Exactly. You can be like, man, this is a disappointing year, but damn, that ring's pretty from last year, and we were champs. So number nine is the Raiders, a playoff team from last season. Yeah. So that's why it stings a little bit, Yeah. but they're close to moving out here if they get rolling. Yeah, that's right. They're going to get out of these sour rankings here soon. Number eight, our only team with a winning record, our only team currently in the playoff picture. <laughs> we have it. the Jets at 7-5 to five because, you know, they're just a generally miserable fan. <laughs> So anyway. you're, you're noticing this too, living yes. up in the area. You're starting to realize it a little. And I think I think they're most comfortable here anyway. So I don't <laughs> think they really want to even move out of the sour <laughs> rankings. Uh, but I do think they're here because whenever you have concerns with your franchise quarterback, right? You know, and you're, they're not going to be able to fool themselves that Mike White necessarily is the answer. Yeah, yeah. I think that puts you kind of in a sour mood. I, I hear you definitely. I, I, I yes, it, it's funny. It's it's the. It's a funny fan base. I've never seen a yeah more disgruntled group over being seven and five and exceeding expectations ever. <laughs> so even more miserable though is the Carolina Panthers. They're currently at four and eight. Uh, they're number seven here, but the reason they're not higher, they got some talent on defense. They do. I think you have some. They got some to bright spots to. to look forward to there. You're right. I mean Brian Burns, JC JC uh, Horn. Uh, there's definitely some guys over there to, to build around. Number six is the Arizona Cardinals Ooh. at four and eight right now. Just yeah. the pieces are not fitting together. You're right. wondering what the future holds. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I wonder if the head coach will be there next year. Yep, exactly. You wonder if the quarterback will be there for my number five team, the Packers. Packers fans at five and eight. They haven't felt this feeling in a long, long time. No, it's like what what is happening? We're we're not a playoff team. We're not very good. Yeah, and our quarterback may be done. I think you're being even nice to them. I think they could probably have been even more sour. You think it feels worse? to be a Packer Gosh, fan than some I of just, these teams. You, I got to think their expectations were like, we're going to be the number one seed again. I mean, could go back to the Super Bowl, and Rodgers will be amazing. It might not be an MVP, but it'll still be amazing. Um, but, but yeah, it's, 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 they definitely be, they're good to be in the top five. I'm with you there. I think the only thing that helps you out if you're a Packers fan is a faith in the franchise, right? Yeah, it's right. like, you, I, I think we can figure this yeah, out. Yeah, we seem to always. Right, right. Jordan Love was pretty good in those few throws we saw. I don't know, maybe. Yep. Uh, number four is the Browns because this is supposed to be the time that they are good, right? Yeah. And you saw Deshaun. Of course, there's going to be some rust there. It's just – you just wonder if it's going to come together for this team. I agree. They blew some games. They should. They're better than the five and seven record. They're better than their record last year. And yeah, you got the Deshaun cloud hovering over you. That's that's not the best. Now the top three in the sour rankings. The team with the worst record in the NFL is number three, the Houston Texans. Um, you've got very few building blocks. You need a new quarterback. But the only thing that's not making them number one here or number two is I think they're kind of used to this feeling. Right, the expectations were not there. Exactly. We kind of expected them to be one and ten at this point yes. of the year. I mean, I don't think any of us thought it was going to be much better than that. As a lifelong, and you might have a top quarterback in the draft coming. Your sure, way. yeah. As right. a lifelong Lions fan, it's like it's bad, but it's not. It's not as bad when you didn't have those high expectations. Right. Our top two fan bases had those expectations. Number two, the fans that I feel second worst for, that have the second worst feeling in the NFL right now, the New Orleans Saints. Four and nine. You got a new coach. You're thinking that, that might not work. Who's our quarterback going to be? Who? I mean, we're, we're our Camara's getting up there. Our salary cap situation is not great. Jordan Cameron's getting up there. Cameron Jordan's getting up there. Yeah. Don't have one. a first round pick. The best team in football has it. Terrible. The top five pick oh right gosh. now. The Eagles are picking the top five. It just feels <laughs> it's bad. It's comical. So I think yeah. it's, it's pretty sur- – I mean, like this, and I feel the, good about this. I, I, I think you're right. It's good. They've, they're, way, they're better than a 4-9 football team. They've messed it up. They messed it up the other night. You know, they got screwed over. And, again, people need to check out our clips we showed on PFT today with Donovan Smith holding on almost every play the last two drives. Wow. Embarrassment. You know, that way for the NFL. They got to fix it. It's, it's, it's driving coaches crazy all over the league. And then the other thing, too, is 
Do you do you do, Mark Ingram mm. stepping out of bounds? Yeah, that didn't make just sense. because I don't know his ankle got tweaked for a second when yeah. he could have walked for a first down. When the game was over, he gets the first down. It's over, and they don't get the first down, and they give Brady the ball back, and that's history. They got to be sick. Feels bad. They're, yeah. they're they're knocking on the door of number one, but yeah, number one is pretty strong. The number though. one sourest fan base out there, the it's Denver Broncos. Yeah, I mean, you had such high expectations coming into the year. Yeah, new quarterback, franchise quarterback, new mm-hmm. coach. Aaron Rodgers loves him. And here you are, three and nine. Uh, it's uh, I, I'm with you there. We knew their defense was good. We're going, man. Russell's got weapons. This is going to work. Nathaniel Hackett, the offense from Green Bay, and uh, he's got a pretty good track record. Yet yeah, nobody saw this coming. Let alone, it's three and nine with like three ugly wins that were still ugly quarterback play, and yeah, it's a guy that we were putting in the Hall of Fame to where. Right now, you look at it and go, he definitely played like one of the 10 worst quarterbacks in football this year. And I know he's not that bad. It's new and whatever else. But, damn, it's been that bad this year. And that, that's where it's I'm, – I'm, yeah. I mean, we had people thinking, oh, you know, they're going to end the playoffs. They're going to make a run. And then it's not even anywhere near that. Yes. So if you're a Denver Bronco fan, you should at least feel good that we know how bad this hurts. That's right. We, we send feel the Sour pain. Patch Kids to all of you out exactly, there. Exactly, yeah. Right. Get a sponsor. One. Oh, can we get a sponsor? That'd be yeah, great. That would be. Uh, so our first ever Sour Rankings Denver Bronco fan base. Well I'm done. Sorry. I like it. I I'm like sorry. it. You didn't go chalk. You had some real logic there. didn't go there. chalk. There yeah. was some logic there. Way to go. Uh, congratulations, Chicago Bears. You were not in the Sour Rankings, you know, because you got Justin Fields. Oh, you should feel good about Feels that. Feels kind of good. You have right. at least you one a, piece where you're like, all right, he might be kind of good. A ton of money next year to spend in free agency. Yeah, they, they'll be all right. But I do have bad news for the Bears. You're done. You've been <laughs> eliminated from the postseason. And we did find this Don't out. Don't say it with such joy. I, I know. I, the, my most hated team. But I do like some of the people they have and yeah. I do like watching Justin Fields How and then, can you not, right? and then uh, Pete texted me yesterday and he goes oh we forgot to do the Bears and bury them on Monday do you want to just wait till next Monday and I go no let's do it I'm always ready <laughs> to bury the Chicago what an Bears. asshole this guy is Chicago so, time for Requiem for a team the Chicago Bears are dead cue the music look at it he's all he's as juiced up as i've seen him for one right here and he's getting sitting up straight he fixed his glasses oh my god he's ready this is two hours into the pod too and this is as lively as i've been here lie the chicago bears it's a team that did not win enough wars on the field giving up too many scores but justin fields was quite slick handing out presents like saint nick Throwing the football to both his team and yours. <laughs> it was very. It was, you took a shot at him no matter what. I did. Though, huh? I had to. <laughs> I, I complimented him, and then I brought him back down to earth. Uh, but Chicago Bears, you're done. Uh, better luck next year. Actually, no. Worse luck next year. <laughs> I hope you never make the playoffs again. It's <laughs> uh, awesome. All right. Well done. Well done. That's it. For, yeah, you're right, That's though. It. They don't deserve to be in the sour rankings. Not with the way that quarterback's playing right now. Yeah, That's, you have a franchise yeah. quarterback that people are excited about. You feel okay. I said on the show today, I don't know. Is he the greatest running quarterback we've ever seen? Man, I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. Michael Vick was awesome. I know. And trust me, I got front row seats at it, like, to see it. Yeah. And I used to be sitting there on, like, third and 44 and be like, <gasps> he's going to run for the first. I mean, it really was. And he'd get, like, 43. And he'd be like, holy shit. I don't know how we tackled him. Yeah. But it feels this way with this guy, too. It's like I, they can't even lay a finger on him. No. That, that's when you know, like, Michael Vick, you'd, he'd go out there and be like, no one touched him. I think Vick was quicker. I think Fields is straight away faster. I think that would be my... And bigger, too, I think. Yeah, I think he's bigger? bigger, for sure. For sure. He can't throw it like Mike. Mike had a... Mike was a gifted, gifted arm and a gifted natural thrower. 
Uh, he really was. But, man, yeah, Fields is he's on his way to maybe being the greatest running quarterback we've ever seen in football history here. He's got three rushing touchdowns of 50 or more yards, most by a quarterback in his career in the Super Bowl era. Most in his career, yeah, Pete? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, nobody's done that. I, I know. I remember hearing it a few weeks ago when he did it. I was just – or this week when he did it, and I was like, whoa, that, that's a shocking stat. But, yeah, good for Justin Fields. All right. All right, that's a pod. There's a pod. That's a pod. We did it. We did it. I hope you everybody enjoyed What the Fuck Happened podcast. I hadn't said that the whole time. I had to say it one time. That's true. Yeah. Did so you there swear it is. that much in this pod? I sweared a little bit, but I tried to dial it back because I think I – I broke the record last time. I mean, yeah. literally a list so long that a picture couldn't do it. We had to show a video of the long <laughs> scroll. So that's when I knew, okay, I've been saying it a little too many. Yeah, and there's sometimes right. people out there on, on YouTube will go like, hey, how, we, you got to get these podcasts up a little bit earlier or whatever. And like, Chris and no, swears a lot. It takes a little it, extra to it get does. it up there. Yeah. It does. More bleeps have to be. 52, 52 on Monday. Wow. you didn't. That might have been a record. Uh, it was a record. It was a record. Definitely. All right, everybody. Uh, I will not say another swear word. I will be doing the podcast tomorrow with Mike Florio, the Picks Podcast. I had a mm-hmm. decent week, week in my best bets. I've still the league is crazy, and I'm probably still not that great. Better luck um, next year. But let's I'll bury you, info. I'll bury you as, a, as a gambler. Oh, this next year. year we're doing it. Me and you too. You're getting involved too. Okay. Uh, but we'll see you Monday. Amin and I will be back. Enjoy the Week 14 matchups of football games Thursday night. It's going to be a good one. Raiders get to watch their offense. I know it's the crappy Rams, but nonetheless, the Raiders aren't out of it. I'm going to be excited to see that. Could be Baker Mayfield. Could be. I don't think so quite yet, but probably next week. Keep the questions coming in. Keep tuning in the podcast. Please rate, subscribe, review, all that good stuff. Ahmed, thanks for leading the charge as always. Peace out, homies. Clap it up. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.